Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. I think America's like a sleeping giant, and I think it's beginning to wake up, and I want to help with the awakening so that it survives. All creepily got your friggin' nose all up in everybody's hair. Now, I personally don't like him. I think the guy's a complete moron. Now's the time to stand up for yourself and stand up for what you believe in. You don't go from a bartender to a congresswoman. It's just so dumb. <laughs> and friends. As you know, there have been several reviews of the global response to the pandemic with many recommendations for strengthening global health security. They all recognize the need for better systems and tools, better financing including for global public goods such as vaccines, better global governance, and a stronger, empowered, and sustainably financed WHO. To connect and underpin these ideas, I believe the time is right for an international treaty or other legally binding instrument to provide the framework for a more coherent and coordinated response to future epidemics and pandemics. Whatever new structures or mechanisms are established, they must promote equity and galvanize the engagement and ownership of all countries. They must be multi-sectoral, involving partners from across the One Health spectrum. They must be coherent with the international health regulations. They must be rooted in the constitutional mandate of WHO. And they must be accountable and transparent. Thank you for your engagement in discussing and analyzing the legal tools available for pandemic preparedness as we prepare for the special session of the World Health Assembly in November. The pandemic has taught us many lessons. The most important is that we're one species sharing one planet and we have no future but a shared future. I thank you. All right, World Health, World Health Organization. I get uh, emails. Generally, I get nasty grams. I've probably told you that multiple times now, but generally I get nasty grams. Every once in a while, I get um, constructive uh, criticism, or I will just get requests or nice emails thanking me, which is always a nice treat. Um, I'm probably going to say this name wrong. I did pre-apologize with an email that I responded to <laughs> that I got through my website. Uh, Erica has been a fan or a listener for a while because she reached out to me a while back. I, it might have been a year ago by now. Time goes so fast. Um, but Erica, and I would say her last name personally, it's probably Bojima. But I don't know, the way it looks to me, I would say Boogima because it just looks cool. It looks cooler, sounds cooler. <laughs> it's probably wrong on both accounts. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong on both accounts. But like I said, I did pre-apologize. So Erica... Thank you, but she suggested that uh, I bring up the latest attempt by the World Health Organization uh, to grab power. It's another power grab. <clears throat> this has been going on for a little bit, uh, a little bit of time now. It came out. I want to say three, four months ago. They were making recommendations that they wanted to put together some type of committee to go over guidelines to future pandemics. Well, that's uh, progressed into them. The World Health Organization Treaty, uh, which 
It's it really is. It's just a power grab. Uh, they had a meeting in March, and on that meeting, they it was to agree upon ways of working and timelines. The second meeting is to take place in August of this year to discuss progress and work on a draft for it. They want to propose the draft or deliver the progress report on the draft at their wall this year, 2023. I believe that's in November. And they want to get it uh, the consideration either approved or voted on by the 77th World Health Assembly in 2024. Interesting year to do that, right? Um, what it is, is it's, if you go to their website, you can pull it up and they're going to tell you what's on there. And it all seems real nice and it makes a lot of sense. You know, most things that the economic forums do and the World Health Organization do, even the Democratic Party does, is they are very good wording it in a way where it seems friendly and it seems, uh, you know, you would look at it and just go, eh, it's real common sense. And that make, yeah, I, I can do it. I can see it. I can make it. It makes sense to me. Whatever. They're very good at that. But if you, the underlying tones and everything, it's always, you're losing something to, for them to do something for you. So it's always that little bit of freedom being stripped away on all accounts. Well, right now, what the World Health Organization is trying to propose is that they want to be, they want to have the power to manage future, future health crises or pandemics globally. Uh, including powers to do sanctions, mandates, everything. So it's going to get to a point where if they're allowed to do this, that it's no longer, it would be easy for the federal government because they could put take a hands-off approach and step back. They're definitely pulling the strings, but they're going to step back and say, no, that's not us. The World Health Organization says that you guys need to take another 137 shots to get rid of this nasty virus that's coming. Um. This must not happen. <laughs> I mean, we got to wait and see. We have to watch uh, and see what's happening with it. But ultimately, we can't allow this to happen. We can't allow these people to continually and slowly chip away at our freedoms and think it's okay. This is an organization that thinks that they should have the power to monitor the entire globe for, for health reasons. Uh, I think each company, each company, each country has their own health organization within themselves. And depending on each country, you know, it's going to be specific because everybody faces different challenges depending on where you live. For example, Ebola, we don't get that here. Okay. Uh, I mean, if we did, I'd like to know where we don't get that here. So should we have a task force? Should we be watching it? Should we be paying attention to what's happening around the world? Absolutely. Is that an immediate concern for this country? No, it's not. So the World Health Organization needs to take a step back and step off. Uh, one of their best buddies, Bill Gates, who if you listen to me at all, you know I despise Bill Gates because I think he's a dirty liar. And I think he's a scumbag, personally. Uh, the way he treated his wife and cheated on his wife. I've seen him images of him that everybody's making fun of now that says he kind of looks like that pregnant emoji man on the new Apple phones. Um, which, I mean, <laughs> it kind of does. Um, although men can't be pregnant, let's make that very clear. Uh, he is proposing a billion dollars a year to give to the World Health Organization to create germ. What? <laughs> I know. Germ, global Epidemic Response Mobilization. 
in his words, not mine, because I don't want me and him to be on the same page on anything. Uh, my back of the napkin estimate is that germ would, would need about 3000 full-time employees. Their skills should run a gambit, uh, epidemiology, genetics, drug and vaccine development, data systems, diplomacy, rapid response, logistics, computer modeling, and communications. Germ should be managed by the world health organization. The only group that can give it global credibility, and it should have a diverse workforce with a decentralized staff working in many places around the world. He estimates, like I said, that the pandemic task force headed up by the WHO would only cost about a billion dollars a year. (laughs) Of course, he's advocating for that. There you go, more power. So not only are we going to empower these people and give them the right to rule over you as far as health concerns go, but you're going to actually give them their own, what, (laughs) you know, uh, police, would you say? (laughs) They're going to go around the world and they're going to have people planted everywhere that are, what is their main purpose? Again, we already have scientists and doctors here that monitor what's going on in the States. You have them in Canada. They monitor what's going on in Mexico. Some countries are obviously more developed than others, and they're going to have better programs. Other countries, uh, not so much. But at the end of the day, everybody has their own people in place because, again, we all deal with very specific things to our region in the world or each country. But the fact that this treaty is in place and now you have Bill Gates getting involved as well, you know, you, you, where they say there's uh, smoke, there's fire, you know, you got the world health organization proposing a treaty quote unquote, um, so that they can steal some freedom away from everybody in the entire world. Then you have Bill Gates almost advocating to add some brown shirts to that. So that way they have uh, extensions of themselves planted in each country around the world. I don't know. I, you know, it is a real thing. And the only way that we stop it is the way we stop everything. The more people are aware of everything, the easier it is to stop these things because you bring unwanted attention to the situation. You think the World Health Organization wants a lot of people paying attention to this? Of course they don't. Just like school boards and the government doesn't want you paying attention to what's going on in schools or what they're doing. And that's the only way you stop it. Look at how well we have done up to this point in, in schools just because attention's been brought to it. And I think that was a miscalculation by the left. They didn't realize that COVID was going to awaken so many parents. They're going to see what you're actually teaching their kids. And that kind of backfired in their face. So their little indoctrination camps, um, you know, just had a, a little bump in the road. So what we need to do is bring awareness of it. I appreciated Erica sending me this. I haven't talked about it just like I said, because I was kind of waiting for it to progress It was good timing on her part, sending that out to me, because right when I was prepping last week, uh, I usually prep like three days ahead for shows, so I know what I'm doing for three days, and then I'll take care of the other two, you know, midweek to uh, get those ready, but I was already prepping for it, and Lord and behold, then all of a sudden, I saw this article come out about Bill Gates, and I'm like, oh, perfect. (laughs) It's like hand in hand. You can't do any better, so... Uh, good, good on her for good on Erica there for wanting to bring attention to this. And it is something you need to pay attention to as well. All right, moving on something that I have not spoken about just because 
Tucker Carlson touched on it, and I mean, he's obviously a much, much larger voice than I am currently. You know, things can change in the future. Who knows? Anything's possible. But for right now, Tucker Carlson has a much uh, larger reach than I do. And I, I'm, I was conflicted with the stories because I heard up to 26, and I, what I found is 17 that seem to be that I, or that at least that I can verify, are all of these food plants that are being set ablaze. I wasn't sure at first. It's not an abnormal thing for a plant to catch fire, depending on where you live, depending on how many plants are around you. You know, it is what it is. There's a a uh, processing plant that's here in West Palm Beach um, that processes human waste. And every few years or so, they'll have a little fire or a blow in the stack. Uh, it doesn't make national news because it's just kind of one of those things It's localized. Well, I decided to look a little bit deeper into it. And because we're having all these problems with food, you know, I would say my uh, concern is shared with everybody else that, you know, is this real? Are they trying to cause a food shortage? I'm not a big conspiracy theorist type of a person, but at the same time, I'm also not a fool. And if I see something that makes logical sense, then I'll pursue it. Well, this is making logical sense to me, so I'm just curious. California, or was it Salinas, Salinas, California, a Taylor Farms, 1,000 people that are employed there on Abbott Street facility, set on fire. About 85 to 95% of the building was a total loss. Uh, Hermiston, Oregon, multiple workers hospitalized following an f- explosion at a food processing facility. Nearby residents uh, were alerted that there could be a vaccination needed. Um, San Juan, Texas, March 31st. Uh, structure fire significantly damaged a large portion of the largest fresh onion packing facility in South Texas. Jonesboro, Arkansas had a frozen food plant that went up in flames and they were uh, talking about investing $100 million to make a larger space to process more food. Fayetteville, Illinois, Delhi Star Corp set on fire. Belfast, Maine, uh, McCrum Potatoes. Leote, Kansas, fertilizer company, Western Kansas, had to evacuate because of fire. Claypool, Indiana, Lewis Dreyfus Company, uh, Winston-Salem, Carolina, the Winston-Weaver Company fertilizer plant, uh, Sunnyside, Washington, Nutrient AG set on fire. And if you don't know what Nutrient AG is, if you're fat, you probably would. They're prepped meals. Maybe if you work out a lot, you know, too, they're prepped meals. Pretty good place. Um... Le Comte, Louisiana, fire started at uh, Car Grill Nutria Feed, if I'm saying that name right. Maricopa, Arizona, you lost food pantry, 50,000 pounds of food gone. Um, uh, Defer, Oregon, headquarters of Azure Standard, set on fire. Plainfield, Indiana, Walmart facility fed on, uh, set on fire, excuse me. And then just this past week, Purdue in Virginia. Now... I just said this a second ago, and I hate repeating myself too much. Sometimes I do it unintentionally. Sometimes I do it intentionally, and then there's no pun intended here. But where there is smoke, there is fire. That is a lot of facilities, and that is only since the beginning of this year, 2022. We're only 
just began the fifth month. So in the last four months, you verified 17 facilities have had problems where either they were set on fire or they had internal problems where they caught fire. I don't know. To me, it does seem awkward, especially with all the challenges we're having at the grocery store, that these processing plants and food packing plants are setting on fire. It almost seems as if either A, uh, someone's working against us, or B, this is a hell of a coincidence. To compound on top of that problem, in case nobody knows, if you're a farmer or you live in any type of farm community, I would assume you do know this, the uh, deadly bird, bird flu has been out in full force. Okay, It's been in at least 29 states. They say it's probably in more like 34 states right now. Um, 35 million domestic poultry have been affected by it in 29 states. They've had to at least put down 24 million birds so far. What is this doing to us directly? You notice chicken's a little thin in the, in the stores. You notice you're running out of food a little bit quicker than we should be. Yeah. So between all of these going up, all the, all the packing plants and food processing plants going up in smoke, and then you have the uh, bird flu going around, which, yeah, it's a natural thing. It happened in 2015, and if you really want to get really deep into conspiracies, that also happened under a Democratic president, just saying. But, <laughs> but uh, in March, eggs creased by 1.9%. In this year, poultry prices may increase by up to 8.5%, while egg prices may increase by up to 7%, according to April's report from the USDA Economic Research. So, again, you start picking these things out uh, together, uh, two things that seemingly are not connected, but at the same time they are. All right, so we're, we're going to have a bird shortage. I mean, 24 million chickens. you imagine how many chickens that is? 24 million? What does an average chicken weigh? A few pounds, five, six pounds? You know, you get a good fat bird, maybe about 10 pounds. That's a whole lot of chicken coming off the shelf, 24 million of them. I'm sure it's putting a serious hurting on the farmers. Any poultry farmer right now, is, it's hammer time. Between that and inflation, these poor bastards are getting killed. It's not helping us because the grocery stores are a lot thinner. I mean, this is all interconnected and working. I'm not sure and I'm not saying because I don't have proof that somebody is an intent is intentionally going around and destroying these packing plants and these food distribution plants. Uh, but at the same time, if you compound the two, that problem is only worsened by the bird flu problem now too. Is bird flu... You know, uh, another one that it's just a nature thing. Sure. It's just ironic. They're all happening at the same time. You know, when everything is so thin in the stores, you know, one way to control society. If you really want to control what people do, (laughs) food is a surefire way to do that. And if you really want to go deep and you really want to tie things together, um, the Washington, the Washington examiner did put out an article that says the first case of human bird flu infection has happened in Colorado. Okay. Now, generally that's not a problem for human beings. We don't generally catch that. So that's not usually a big worry for us, but if you want to tie that into what we talked about in the beginning with the world health organization in the next pandemic, there could be an argument made 
that they're testing the waters to see what the response is from people now that this has happened. (laughs) I mean, again, I'm not into conspiracies, but there is so much tomfoolery going on right now that you can't help but wonder about all of these things. I'm not the smartest man in the world, obviously. Um, I don't have all the connections I wish I did have. Uh, But from what you read from multiple sources and all the information that you could try to absorb, you know, it does leave some lingering questions. And these are things that have to be asked that would play into free speech. I know God forbid, we're not allowed to ask questions anymore because you know, the left frowns upon that. They don't want you having the correct information at any given time, but these, there are some reasonable questions that can be asked of all of these situations. And there is room to question how do they all interconnect or are we seeing things that look like they can have something to do with each other but have absolutely nothing to do with each other it's possible these are the questions that should be asked I doubt they will be I mean smaller people like myself may get away with asking them um you know who's really good on topics like this, and I, I talk about him quite a bit, but he's good because he's kind of doom and gloom, so he's expecting the worst outcome at any given time, uh, is Glenn Beck. So Glenn Beck would touch on these. He would be one person that would actually cover this in much greater detail than I probably could because he has the resources available to him to make it happen. All right, Monday's episode, a little bit short, but those are the two that I had to talk about. Uh, again, thank you for reaching out, Erica. And, uh, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due because she was the main reason I talked about that. I uh, had not had that on the plan for this week, but made an adjustment because I definitely thought it was something that needed to be talked about once a little bit more light was shined on it, and I liked uh, what she had to say. So thank you to her. Uh, if you'd like to follow me. I am at Twitter, at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N. Truth Social, I am at The Real Little Joe. Uh, Parlor, I'm at The Real Little Joe. Rumble, I'm at The Little Joe's Conservative Corner. Jesus. Facebook, I'm at Little Joe's Conservative Corner. And YouTube, I'm at LittleJoeCC.com. Oh, no. And then I have .com. So, we'll just put them together. LittleJoeCC.com if you want to reach out to me, go to the contact section. Otherwise, have a beautiful Tuesday, and we will do it again tomorrow.